Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. seated. I want you to do something for me. Tom and Nancy Anderson, our care pastors, are two of the finest people that ever walked in this church. I want you to give them a great hand. They have been so loving, so caring for my mom, for myself. I read a story once about a man walking along a mountain road. Saw an Indian lying in the middle of the road with his ear pressed to the ground. A man got close to the Indian and he heard him speaking in a broken English. He leaned over and heard what he was saying. He was mumbling these words, truck, Chevy truck, Chevy pickup truck, large tires, man driving, German shepherd in the front seat, loaded with firewood, California license plate, UBH123. man was astounded. He said to the Indian, that's unbelievable. You mean you can tell all of that by just putting your ear to the ground? He said, no, a truck ran over me 30 minutes ago. That's... I remember when my mom had back surgery in 1964, I was just a 14-year-old kid, but the doctor came in and talked to her and said to her, Miss Geraldine, I got, the, I got the tag number of that truck that run over you. She said it wasn't a truck, it was a freight train. <laughs> Many of us know what it feels like to be hit in life. Life is a lot like that. We don't always see what's coming. When it does, sometimes it runs right over us. And sometimes, no matter how hard we try, you can't keep from having a bad hair day. You plan, you scheme, you prepare, you do all that you know to do to keep from having those kind of days or those kind of weeks or those kind of months. But they just keep coming the same. One of my favorite newspaper cartoons of all time is Calvin and Hobbes. And one day Calvin comes marching to the living room and his mama's sitting there at the table sipping some coffee. She looks up at this young Calvin and she's amused and amazed at his dress because around his head is encased, his head's encased in a space helmet. And there's a cape draped around his neck and it goes across his shoulders and down his back and is dragging the floor. In one hand, he holds a flashlight. In the other hand, he holds a baseball bat. What's up today, asked his mom. He said, nothing so far. <laughs> so far, she says. Well, you never know, Calvin says. Something could happen today. Then he marches off and turns around and says, and if anything does, I'm going to be ready for it. Calvin's mom looks at the reading audience and says, I need a suit like that because she was the mother of Calvin. Heard about a train that was going through a town, but it was not scheduled to stop in that town. There was a very short passenger on the train who wanted to get off because if he didn't get off, he would have to pay $100 for a taxi to bring him back to town, and so he wanted to save his money and get off. Well, there seemed to be sitting or was beside him a man that had a brilliant idea. He said, look, the train has to slow down at this town to pick up a mailbag. So when it slows down, I'll hold you out the window. And when I drop, you just start running. And you won't fall on your face. Just simply run to a stop. So the train did slow down, picked up the mailbag. And the man took this little friend and put him out the window and dropped him. The man was running along the platform, waving at him, thanking him for his help. About that time, a man seated in the next car behind him saw the little man running with his hand up and reached out and grabbed him and pulled him in through his window. 
and he said, this is your lucky day. You almost missed the train. (laughs) So much for that plan. Face it, life is filled with bad hair days. Even bad hair weeks and bad hair months, and I hope to God not bad hair years. But there's a powerful truth, really is, in the Word of God for God's kids that we need to remember. It's one of the most well-known and most quoted verses in the Bible, and yet many times we do not understand it. I'm talking about Romans 8, 28. I'm going to the old original King James Version to read it. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. Say it with me. And we know that all things work together for good, for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I like how that verse starts. It starts with an and. That's a conjunction. In other words, it does not matter what's been happening before in your life. It does not matter what's been transpiring yesterday or last Saturday a week ago or three years ago tomorrow or the cancer that you may be suffering right now or the pain that you may be suffering in your family. It doesn't matter what has happened before. This verse starts with an and. And you've got to put this in your, in your cup. And we know. That all things, all things, anything that happens, good, bad, ugly, all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. I will tell you without any any uncertainty here today, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter what happened on Thursday this week, what happened on Friday this week, what happened on Saturday this week. There's an and in your scripture today. That's conjunction and and, and joining you to something more powerful than anything that took away your life. There's something more powerful that's going to restore you today. Because the Lord is not about taking from. He's about restoring you back to the grace of God and the power and the glory of God in your life. Amen. And. Say and. Now. There's three things. I want to be a little linear here, but there's three words that I want to talk about today. One is promise. Everybody say promise. promise. I, I have a little audience precip- participation sometime, please, and precipitation too. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not quite with it today, so bear with me. Everybody say promise. promise. Everybody say providence. Promise. Everybody say purpose. purpose. Okay, number one, God has a promise for you. There's a lot of promises in the Word of God. But three words that begin this verse are very important. The first word is we, and we know. We know that all things work together for good. Now, who is we? We are those who love God. We are those who are the called. There's only two types of people in the world, people who love God and people who do not love God. Not everyone who says they love God truly loves God. John 14 and 21 says, he who has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me. In other words, people who truly love God don't just say it. They have a way of showing it. 
but the we here also are ones who are called. And those people who are called are people that are called and have surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. So we love him and we surrender our life to him. Never forget, God's promises are for God's children. Everyone cannot say, don't worry, everything will work out. Because everything does not work out for everybody. Everything only works out good for God's children. But you may be sitting here saying, well, I'm a child. I'm not a child of God and everything's working out for me. Remember, this life is not the only life. There's another life. There's a hereafter, hereafter. And one of the beauties that my mom and dad always taught me when they were alive, they were in that generation. They were in that generation that Brokaw said was the greatest generation. They, just, they lived for particular things. And mom and dad were really, they, they really had tunnel vision. Mom and dad lived for heaven. They live for heaven. And you know what? Sometimes we live for things besides heaven. And we forget that there's a heaven to gain. And there's a hell to shun. But mom and dad live for heaven. And I'm going to tell you something. When you love God and when you are called of God, you separate yourself from everything that does not matter in this life. And you understand that there is something greater than anything in this life waiting for you in another life. Say amen to that. Now, the second word is no. Everybody say, we know. We know that all things work together for good. There's a lot of things about God in the Bible and life that we don't know. Paul says in verse 26, we don't even know how to pray. So the Spirit has to make intercession for us on how to pray and what to say. We don't know what Jesus looks like. We don't know when he's coming back. We don't know what will happen in the next five minutes. Somebody said dishonesty is, to, is, is this, is to claim you don't know what you do know. And foolishness is to claim you do know what you don't know. But never hesitate to claim to know what you do know. And there's one thing that you can know. It does not matter what God is doing in your life or what's going on in your world. You may not always understand it, but you know that he is involved in your life 100% of the time. God is with us today. Come on, children of God, clap your hands and say, God is with us today. We know that. We know that. We love him. We love him. We're called of him. We know he is with us today. And then the third word that I want to bring to you is the word all. We know that all. We know all things work together. Not some things. Not a few things. Not most things, but he said all things. Remember, God did not say he works all things out for our good most of the time. He did not say that God works most things out all the time. But he works all things out all the time for our good. That does not mean that things happen to you that are good. But when God gets through <laughs> massaging it and take care of the bad in your life, it turns out to be good for you. And even though mom's passing was very abrupt in our life, and we thought we was going to have her till 92, 93 years of age. In fact, we was already making plans in our mind to put her in the front bedroom. The mother-in-law plan was going to be the mother plan. But I will tell you this, when God got ready for her, he took her, and it, it shocked us. And I'm still in a little shock that mom left so soon, really. She was 87, almost 88 years of old, but she still left soon from us. But we don't understand those things. But we do know one thing, that God works all things well. And he does all things right. And we know that all things work together for good. Everybody say all things. 
Amen? Amen. Here's a question I want to ask you. Is life to a child of God coincidental or is it providential? I'm going to step out on a huge plank here right now. I'm going to walk the plank of the ship and I'm going to believe what I'm going to say is absolutely true. There are no coincidences in the children of God's life. No coincidences. Everything is by divine providence. Everything is in the hands of God. I believe with all my heart that everything that happens to us has to pass through the filter of Almighty God before it comes to us. But I believe that He will give us grace to go through the things that we don't think we can go through in our own life because all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. Amen? So I want to talk to you about the second thing. Not only does God give us promise, but He gives us providence. Everybody say providence. Providence. Amen. Behind every promise of God is the providence of God. I'm reminded of a story of a man who was shipwrecked on an uninhabited island and he got to the island by the hair of his chinny chin chin and when he got there he had just enough stuff, just a meager existence of things that had washed ashore. He built him a little hut and he, he got there and he was the only survivor of a shipwreck evidently and he got to that island. And he was really, he was sad. He cried every day and he said, God, why did this happen to me? What, why am I on this island? What is wrong with my life? He never thought about the people that didn't even make it to the island. He just thought about himself. And he said, God, I, I need a little help. I need a little help to understand this because all I have is the cold of night, the darkness of night, the blazing sun by day. And I've got this little hut. That's all I have. And one day he was out looking for food and he said, God, I wish you'd send a ship by somebody to help save me, somebody to rescue me. And he was out looking for food one day and he looked back to where he came from several hundred yards away and he saw smoke pummeling in the air. He saw smoke coming up like a, like a plume into the air. And he said, oh my God, what is that? And he runs back and the campfire had caught a little wind and caught his hut on fire and burned, <laughs> burned his only... <laughs> his only house down to the ground. And so he lays down that night, looks up at the stars, and he said, now God, I had a wreck. I'm on, a, I'm on an island, uninhabited island. Here I am trying to make it, trying to exist, and now my house burns down. What's going on? The next morning, he wakes up, and there's a ship docked at the island. And he said, well, he look, gets up and starts straightening things up in his life, and all of a sudden, men walk up and said, sir, do you need some help? We're here to rescue you. He said, yeah. How did you know I was here? They said, sir, we saw your smoke signal. Listen, listen, God can take a fire and turn it into a light of deliverance. He can take a flood and turn it into a river of blessing. The Greek word for the words work together, we know that all things work together, is the same word that we get the English word synergy, which is this. It's what happens when the individual parts of something come together into a whole, thereby having a greater and better effect than each individual part could have on its own. I'm telling you, when God has you in His providence, you may get shipwrecked, you may lose your house on the island. But I promise you, help's on its way. Because God is going to take care 
of the people of God. Clap your hands and rejoice in that. God knows where you are. He really does. He really does. Wow. So, thank you. Providence comes from two words. The word pro means before. It comes from the word video means to see. Providence means to see beforehand and to provide for what is seen. Provide is in the word providence. God provides. God sees every event before it occurs. Then he provides for that event to make it fit in life. There are no accidents in the life of a child of God. Just appointments. Often disappointments are really his appointments. And rocks of disappointments turn to boulders of blessings because God knows where you are. Let me tell you something. Every moment of every day, in one individual piece of the puzzle of God's plan for your life, God can reach into a bag of your circumstances. And on any given day, with his eyes shut, pull out any piece of your life and make it fit perfectly in the puzzle he has for the plan of your life. Because it does not matter what comes against us. What matters is who's standing with us. Oh, yeah. That's why John said it in 4 and 4. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Everybody say providence. No coincidence. Providence. My mom was a great cake baker. That's hard to say. Bake caker. <laughs> she was a great cake baker. And mama, mama made things from scratch. She called it scratch. God, I miss mama. She called it scratch. I told you Tuesday night, mama could make the best, best uh, cornbread, fried, fried cornbread. She was unbelievable. She could make corn, skillet cornbread. I'll get that in a minute. About that thick. It was like flat cakes. Put a little butter on it. Put a lot of butter on it if you like me. And just have yourself a time. It's nigh near. It's nigh near to receiving the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Eating mama's cornbread with butter on top. And a little, little sorghum. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I used to watch mama. I used to watch mama make cakes. Mama was a cake-making machine. She never followed a recipe. Never. Well, mama, how do you know? Well, I just know. She'd take a little pinch of this and a little... And when she, I saw her put flour in the bowl, I thought, look, you ever ate flour? Don't taste good. Then I saw her put baking soda in the bowl. And then I saw her put Crisco in that bowl. Start stirring it up. And then raw eggs. How many, ever, how many like raw eggs? Don't, aren't they wonderful? Aren't they wonderful? I hate every ingredients that went into that cake. Mama used to tease me, say, you want a little of this Crisco, son? You want a little? <laughs> no, Mama, I don't want any. You want a little egg? But I'd watch Mama. What went in the bowl was ugly and horrible and disdainful and pitiful. 
But when mama pulled it out of the oven, with all that stuff mixed together, some of you people are fussing because God's dropped a little flour in your life. You fuss a little bit because you got a raw egg. You got raw egged in life. You fuss a little bit because life's a little greasy. And people you're dealing with are a little greasy. Stuff's happening in your life that's a little greasy. You get upset because things are not the way they ought to be. But let God get through mixing it all together. Put it in the oven. And you got a Romans 8.28 cake. For we know that all things work together. Wow. For good. To those that love the Lord. And are the called according to his purpose. Everybody say providence. 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 Anybody, anybody ever eaten any sodium? Pretty deadly. Anybody ever taken down some chloride? Ugh. But when you put sodium with chloride, sure makes food taste good, doesn't it? Good old table salt. What I'm trying to say is that things can come into your life. And if you don't watch yourself, the individual negatives of life can create a schism between you and Christ and say, you know, he doesn't love me. But God can close his eyes and reach into the bag and pull out anything. And it'll fit you to a T when God gets through working it out in your life. And while we're clapping today, Jeff and Clara, where y'all sitting, kids? Where's Jeff and Clara? Where y'all at? There you are right there. Hey, stand up, guys. Stand up. I want y'all to stand up. Stand up, stand up. What happened this week? Grandparents, first time. Grandparents, that's awesome. Amen. Jeff, welcome to the club, buddy. Welcome to the club. Grandpa of a big old baby boy. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? See, God works all things well. Amen. Everybody say providence. Everybody say providence. Talked about promise. Talked about providence. Let me finish. God has a purpose. Everybody say, God has a purpose. If you don't get anything else I say, you better get a hold of this. God has a purpose for your life. You're not here. You're not an oops. You're not, uh-oh. You're not one of those unwanted babies. You are here on purpose. God's got a reason for you being here. Well, Pastor, I'm 80-something years old. It doesn't matter if you're 97. It doesn't matter if you're 110. You ought to be on Paul Harvey. But you have a purpose in your life. And God has a purpose for you. Put your hand on your chest and say, God has a purpose for me. Say it. God's got a purpose for me. He has a purpose for me. Here is the purpose. All things work together for good. It means that things may be a, appear bad at a time. In effect, they're really good for you. I, read a, I have a book in my office, a book by Chuck Swindoll. And the title of the book is The the tale of the tardy ox cart. And, and, it, and it's, it's a story about a farmer who lived 
in the east. And he, uh, he and his son disputed about how to handle the crops that came out of the field. They, they, they sold vegetables. They sold fruit in the city. And they had an ox cart that took their fruit and their vegetables to the city. And, and the son wanted to be the first there because the first there got the best price because it was supply and demand. The more farmers got there, the lower the price came because it was demand or it was supply over demand. And so the son was saying, Dad, we got to get this crop to town. We got to get it to town. And he kept pushing his father. And it was a, like a three day journey to the city that they were going to go sell their crops to. But on the way, dad was more Christian than he was wondering if he's going to make a lot of money. So dad, dad said, son, we're going to help people if we see them down. So he saw one of his farming buddies that had a, a wheel off of his cart. And he stopped and helped put that wheel back on that cart. He stopped by and heard a mom saying, my boy has fallen and broken his leg. And the dad knew how to fix legs. And so he put a splint on that boy's leg and said, get this boy to the doctor and help that mother with that leg. There was a lot of times that he stopped on the way to the city and the son was saying, Dad, you don't understand. We've got to get to the city. We've got to get there quick because if we don't get there, we're not going to be able to get the price that we need for our vegetables and for our fruit. The night before that they arrived, they were camped just on the other side of a little mountain pass about two or three miles away from the city. And during the night, there was a, an explosion and a a huge bright light shone like, it, like the whole city was aglow. And so they got up out of their sleeping bags and they, they walked to the top of the hill, the mountain, and they looked and they saw the carnage of what used to be Hiroshima. If the dad hadn't stopped and helped somebody along the way, they'd have been right in the middle of it. If they were just worried about what was going to happen in their life that had been there early and that had died and that had never seen another crop. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. When you put your hand in the hand of Almighty God, you're saying, slow me down, speed me up. Whatever you want in my life is what I want in my life. I think sometimes we get ahead of God. I know sometimes we get way behind God. But what this church is trying to do is stay right in tune with all, all Almighty God and what God wants for our life. And here's what I'm telling you. You listen to me right now. We don't need to get there too soon. or We don't need to drag ourselves behind. We need to follow the plan of God because God has a purpose. He has a purpose for our lives. And that purpose is revealed again and again and again. Let me say this. There's a scripture in 1 Thessalonians that says, In everything give thanks. Would you say it with me? In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you I think one of the greatest things you could ever learn my mama it was one of her favorite scriptures and I'm talking about mom a little bit today but mom said I you've got to learn to praise him in everything you got to give thanks in everything I'm telling you if you lost your job this week you need to thank God because you're in church today I'm telling you if your kids have lost contact with you and don't want to be around you anymore you need to thank God because God hadn't lost contact with you he still wants to be around you I'm telling you if you're if you've got diagnosed this week and said you know what things are not good physically in my body you need to thank God today because God has still got you alive but if you've been healed this week I think you ought to thank God for being healed this week also 
had a precious lady walk in the church service, the first service. She said, Pastor, my mother went to get a test for cancer. She had cancer in her body and said she felt like that God had healed her. She went back and there was no cancer in her body. Now, it's easy for us to clap and rejoice over that. But I'm telling you, if things are bad in your life, you need to rejoice evermore. You need to give thanks in everything, for this is the will of God. How can, how can cancer be the will of God? How can bad news be the will of God? Because God has got a purpose in your life, and he's stirring it all up to make you a cake of Romans 8, 28. It does not matter if you're hitting the face with flour, if you're drinking raw eggs and things are being thrown at you that you don't like. Hang in there. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life, and it's going to be revealed in your future it will be revealed in your future I love the tag I love the tag please be patient with me God's not finished with me yet you know God good does not necessarily mean health and because not all Christians are healthy good does not necessarily mean wealth because not all Christians are wealthy God's purpose is neither to be healthy nor perhaps wealthy nor rich or famous, but in verse 29 of Romans 8, it says to be predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God wants us to be like Jesus Christ. If there's anything mom and dad taught me, they taught me that because they taught me that heaven was the goal and heaven was real and we loved heaven in our home. We talked about heaven at home. Don't let things sidetrack you, take you away from the purpose God has for your life. You need to see Jesus today because God's good is better than your best. It's better than your best. I close today. I'm not a long-winded preacher. I close today. 1971, there was a man in Vietnam named Ravi Zacharias. Zacharias was a great teacher of the Word of God and he had, he had this interpreter, a little Vietnamese man named Han Pham. H-E-I-N-P-H-A-M. And Han or Hein, however you pronounce it, Hein, Han. Let me just call him what, I'm, I'm West Texas, I'll just call him Han. How you doing, Han? And Han would interpret the word, the Lord saved him. He found the Lord. 1971, Ravi Zacharias left Vietnam and, of course, Saigon fell and went back under communist rule after all the years we fought. Saigon fell and we lost the war. And Han was captured, put in prison, because they said he was aiding the American cause. So they put him in prison. They took away all of his English literature and gave him French literature and Vietnamese literature to read. And it was all the stuff about Marx and Engels and all the communist stuff. And they, they gave him propaganda about there being no God. And Han was, in his own way, doubting if there really was a God. Doubting if there really was this help. So one night he laid down in his bunk and he said, you know what, in the morning, in the morning I'm going to just get up and I'm not going to confess Christ tomorrow. Because it's all a hoax, it's all a joke. So the next morning he got up and he said, there is no God. It's a hoax. There is nothing out there more than just man. 
He was having a bad hair day. Really was. But that day, the people of the prison asked him to clean the latrines. The lowest job in all the prison was to clean the toilets. He had to be the toilet cleaner. And he went and he opened the lid of those toilets and there was paper just jammed everywhere in there. Had to clean all that out. But his eye spotted something in that toilet, in that latrine. His eye spotted something that looked like it was in English. So he grabbed that piece off of the edge of the, of the commode and he washed it off and put it in his back pocket. And that night when everybody was asleep and everybody was under their mosquito nets and everybody had gone away to sleep, he pulled out a flashlight and he shined that flashlight on that English writing and it said Romans 8. Romans 8 28 for we know that all things all things God how can God find you through a toilet in Vietnam in prison but God does all things well so the next day he asked if he could clean the latrines again they thought it was an unusual request but they let him do it Nobody else wanted to. And he discovered that perhaps some officer was using the Bible as toilet tissue. And he got those Bible pieces and he'd clean off those pieces of paper and he would read them every night and his heart would rejoice. We don't realize that in America. But this man's faith was restored beneath a mosquito net in Vietnam in prison by cleaning the latrines. In some un unforeseen situation, he thought it was a coincidence, it was God's providence. He was released from prison two months later. He made plans to escape Vietnam. He tried many times and he, was, he failed. So then he finally got about 53 people together with him and he said, we're going to build a boat in secret. We're going to build us a boat. We're going to get out of here one day. While they were building the boat, just before they finished, a knock came on the door. And when he opened the door, there were four Viet Cong officers there. And they said, we heard you're trying to escape. Is it true? And Hans looked at them and said, no, no, it's not true. No, it's not true. We're not trying to escape. And when they left, his heart sank because he had lied. He had lied about his intention. And he said, God, I am so sorry. You have done so much for me. I'm so sorry. If those men come back, I will tell the truth. Even if it means going to prison again because I know you have your hand on me even here in this situation. So they finished the boat. They were leaving the next day and a knock came back on the door. And those same four Viet Cong officers came and said, we know without a shadow of a doubt, you're leaving. You're leaving, aren't you? He said, yes, sir, we're going to escape. And they long pause and said, thank you. Can we go with you? We're Christians too. <laughs> So they get in the boat, 58 of them, they're out there on the high sea, and a storm, a violent storm comes, and Hans falls on his face and says, God, what next? What next? I've had everything in the sink thrown at me. Now you're throwing a storm at me. Can you fix it? And those four men that had come to join him tapped him on the shoulder and said, Brother Han, get up. Go back and relax. 
We didn't tell you what part of the service was in. We're all sailors. We know how to sail a boat. We know how to take care of it. God put us here to take you through this storm. Let me tell you something. When God has his hand on your life, you can go through a storm. You can come out of a prison house. You can walk through adversity. You can have victory when everybody else is saying, where's that coming from? Because you know that God understands and he takes care of your situation. You don't have to have a bad hair day. He wrote Robbie Zacharias, please be seated. He wrote Robbie Zacharias in 1988 and he said, I'm in America. Han may be still alive today. I don't know, but he's in America. He made it home. He made it to America. Here's what I want to tell you. My mama, my mama had a lot of stuff happen to her in her life. But if I could look up and see where she is today, she'd be saying, I'm home. I made it. Had 87 years and eight months of tough times. But tough times don't last. God lasts. God is greater than your toughest time. God is greater than your darkest hour. God is greater than your deepest sorrow. God is greater than anything in your life. Bow your heads and close your eyes just a moment. Father, I thank you. I thank you for right now. I thank you, Lord, for, for your promise. I thank you for your providence. And I thank you for your purpose. I thank you because you've given us purpose. Give us cause. Give us reason, God. Give us reason. And as my dad told me years ago that after we're gone, I want you to get up and preach like there's no tomorrow. God, I've done it today. I've tried my best to preach to this congregation today, to share with them and let them know that no matter what happens in their life, no matter what takes place in their life, that you are greater than any circumstance in their life. You're an awesome God. You're a powerful God. You're a risen Savior. Honor you today. We honor you today. I'd ask for you to stand. I'd ask you to stand in honor of the word of the Lord and the presence of the Lord right now, all over the place, all over the building. Let me say, let me say to all of you, let me say to all of you, the balcony, the bottom crowd. I know a lot of people thought that perhaps Patty and I would not be here today. It was and continues to be a tough time for us, but, 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 somebody asked me how mom was, I told you at the first of the service and I said, mom's great, thank you, she's in a wonderful place today, I don't know about her son, but her mom's in a wonderful place, but I will tell you this, I must preach and live by the gospel that I've shared with you, I must live by that gospel, because I understand that all things, all things work together. There's a lady in our church that's on our staff. Her dad was killed instantly three years ago tomorrow. All things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Everything that happens in your life, if you're God's kid, if you're a child of God, it's not, it's not a coincidence. It's all providential. God has you in the palm of his hand. And he said, I have you here. No man can pluck you out of my hand get strong in faith. You get strong in your belief. You get strong in God because God is for you. Amen. And if God be for you, who can be against you? I want to 
I want to pray for some people here today. I'm just going to have prayer. In fact, praying for you will help me. If you have a need, if you have something you'd like for pastor to pray for, I want you to step down here right now. If you want salvation, if you want healing, if you want anything, if you want a job, if you want financial blessing, whatever you need in your life, whatever you want in your life, whatever you desire in your life, God is able, God is able. Respond to the word of the Lord today. God bless. Come on, just stand across here right now. Amen. Be very kind to one another. Be very gentle as you come. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Here they come all over the house. They're coming all over the house. Amen. 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 Salvation is in the house today. Do you believe that? Salvation is in the house today. I want to shout for salvation. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.